0: in the air here at the disenfranchised podcast that's right that podcast all about those franchises of one those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film have gotten nipped by the love bug it's our valentine's day episode and you know what that means it means i'm your host Stephen foxworthy joined as always by the man with that look it's tucker hey tucker
1: hi Stephen. how's it going
0: it's going man it's going um how uh how, how how are things going with you tonight,
1: buddy? I'm okay. Yeah. um Um, like I said before, I ate a few too many hot wings. So the, the food of love, hot wings. I'm taking deep breaths, straight up, trying not to barf.
0: Please, please do. You drinking maybe like some almond milk or like something to maybe kind of settle your stomach down a little no, bit? I poured a shot of bourbon here though. if
1: you think that would help? I mean, i've I've got I've got some of that in my in my diet coke here. So, <laughs> I've just been I've been trying to hit my pin so that my stomach will feel better or like I won't care about it. Does that make like me better have, or worse? Well, I have two new cartridges and neither of them seem to want to work very well. So, I'm sorry. To it's hear a little that, frustrating. Man. That is frustrating, especially this evening,
0: right? <laughs> And of course, it wouldn't be a Valentine's Day episode of the disenfranchised Podcast unless we had our eternal snuggle buddy, the cuddliest of bunnies, our perennial and eternal valentine now and forever, from the pod and the pendulum, our good friend, Mr. Mike Snoonian. And Mike, welcome back. Howdy, howdy. How
2: we doing tonight, ma'am? Doing well. It's been a week. Yeah. Happy to you here. It's been a week. Yeah. Oof. Well, hey, it's over now. It is. Must have been love, but but it's it's over over now. now.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, look, at the time of this recording, it's Friday. I'm in love, so.
1: Excellent. I've also heard that you've got to get down on Friday, because everybody's waiting for the weekend, right?
0: Working for the weekend, even.
1: No, but like, when my friends come pull up in the car, which seat will I choose?
0: (laughs) And I mean, in here in a few days, it's going to be a blue, blue Monday, so. And that's cool. Song references. Yeah. Um, Mike, I uh, a couple months ago, or I guess it was probably back in November when we were first kicking around the idea of you coming back for Val, because we've I've always got a spot for you on this episode mm-hmm. the week before Valentine's Day or the episode that drops before Valentine's Day. I know I'm putting Mike on the schedule and I reached out to you with a list of films saying, hey, these are kind of vaguely Valentine's themed And uh, there was one in particular that stood out to you. And it's the film we're talking about tonight. Um, And that is the Indonesian superhero film, Valentine, The Dark Avenger from 2017. Um, What is it that drew you to this film in particular, Mike? I'm curious.
2: It wasn't Valentine's Day, the romantic comedy. It wasn't. Yes. Okay. That was it. I mean, that was really it. <laughs> um, I don't think I taped that one, though. No. I think it was. Uh, can we go back and can we check the tape as they say? Let, let's let go back and let's look at the history here. Okay. So I am going to... Folks, there's nothing more exciting on a podcast than people going back and looking at their Twitter history. I, um, it's one of my favorite things. It is absolutely so. This is... And Steven's like, great. Now I get to go back and edit this later on down the road. Oh, Tucker does the editing. It's fine. Uh, oh, so editing, LOL. Is this.
1: Uh, no, this is fine. We're in, within the first four minutes. So if there's any pauses over two seconds, I mean, it's early. I'm probably in the editing process. I'm still adjusting volumes and making sure everything's oh. good. So easy. Early in the podcast. Easy. Make all the mistakes you want.
0: He's also okay. he's he's probably also killing my mic uh, for. Um. Because I got
2: a, I got a cat chasing a ball. Here no. are the choices we got. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Oh, here we go. This is what you gave me. Yep. The Robocop reboot. Barbarella. Yep. Fifth wave. Oh, well, that was all, all for stuff coming
0: gave. up. Okay. Yeah, that was all for stuff coming up in, in, in advance of this episode. Okay, so you are episode- correct.
2: Valentine's Day... The romantic comedy was not one of the choices. I don't know why. Oh, the Love Guru. Yeah, that That's was why. I, I think that might have been the one that you. Yeah, have I couldn't do that. I couldn't do. <laughs> I couldn't do the Love Guru with Mike Myers. Couldn't okay. do. Okay. I mean, fair. Wasn't I wasn't going to subject myself to that.
0: I did give you a couple of horror ones on there, too. And you went for the foreign
2: superhero movie, I which kudos. never get to not talk about horror movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I have multitudes. You do. People. You do. And you and I have talked about non-horror movies before.
0: we talked about The Muppets. We've talked about The Muppets. We've talked about uh, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. That's right. The Killers. Tucker, you,
1: did you end up seeing I, The Friends of Eddie Coyle? I finally watched it, yeah.
2: And what that did you think ass. of
1: it? It was rad-ass, is what I just said. Not even badass. it was rad-ass.
2: Number four, Bobby Orr. So good. Mad-rat, and you're
1: right, it was right up my alley. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, At the time, I would have given it four stars out of five, but now that I've seen this movie, every movie I've ever reviewed retroactively gets an extra star. Wow. (laughs)
0: Tucker says I, I I'm not even gonna read the text that he sent me after he watched this movie okay uh, but he's not a fan I guess okay. I think we can we can say um but the 2017 film Valentine uh, directed by Agus H Mawardi I'm gonna I'm just I should probably just up up top say I'm gonna butcher a lot of names and I am. Mm-hmm. Very sorry about that. Uh, to everyone uh, who is of Indonesian descent or from Indonesia, I apologize. Um, written a uh, screenplay by uh, Bebi Hasibuan, uh, based on a character created by Aswin Saragar uh, Aswin MC Siragar, and uh, Sargono Sutris, Sutrisno. Excuse me, and starring Estelle Linden, Ari Dega Degawink, Winks, uh, Matthew Settle. Uh, Amata uh and many others that I dare not attempt to pronounce. What a cast! What a pic! What a picture!
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Um, so, does is anyone from was anyone did anyone have any previous knowledge of this character prior to this movie? I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> nah
2: not at all but it wasn't mike myers and the love guru i mean you're right
0: you are correct it was definitely not that um what it was is a low budget foreign superhero film um that really seemed very inspired by every era of batman ever Mm -hmm. uh, from adam west all the way up through snyder uh, which I thought was interesting to see what elements they kind of borrowed from each era of the Batman. Um, and one of the, uh, the, the the person who gets the story by credit is one of the creators of the character. So I'm going to assume this is all comic accurate um, to our listeners who don't know. This is based on the uh, Indonesian comics character, Valentine based on the Skylar comics character, Valentine. Uh, I guess, do not know that the comics have been translated to English or released in the United States. Uh, I have not been able to locate them. I have tried extensively. Ever since Mike picked this episode, I've been looking. Haven't found anything. The Skylar Comics website is defunct. Um, the, the, nothing about the company is listed on Wikipedia at all. Um, I had to do some digging to research this one because this this might as well not exist,
1: honestly. You telling me she never ended up fighting that rocket guy and like the, the third mid credit sequence.
0: Uh, we'll get to that. Cause that's, Wait, that's, that's a, a mid credit different... sequence.
1: There oh, did are you like there did are like not... five. I did not. What happens Two. is there's like 30 seconds of credits and then like a minute and a half scene and then 30 seconds of credits. And they even like fade the song in and out. And it's the same song. It's that same song, terrible, man. terrible rap song. Where the guy, you're almost like, wait—is there's no way that's Doctor Dre? No, that's not Doctor Dre. Okay,
0: it's it is he a very bad Dr. rap song. Danny.
1: He wants to so be Doctor Dr. Dre so bad. The only thing worse than the the R and B song and the rap song, which might be the same song, I'm not sure. Uh, the only thing worse than the actual music and presentation of those songs is the lyrics. Wow. <laughs> yes, the my, my the the two year old toddler that works with me. That works with me. We work together. <laughs> We're uh, colleagues. That's <laughs> that you lives work in Arkansas. Me. He could <laughs> he could have written Close, he could have answer. written better lyrics, and he only knows like a handful of words. It would have been they about say, crackers and juice, but they, like it would have been better.
0: They say justice a lot. They're talking about the purple mask a lot. Yep. Like it's a it's a whole
2: thing. Oh, I man. mean, there is a Batgirl vibe to this character like down to the costume Mm -hmm. right i mean that is definitely the vibe absolutely i'm definitely getting here
0: some kick-ass mixed in there too absolutely a little hit girl um and especially in terms of like the social media angle Mm -hmm. of it which i think was probably fairly novel in 2017 at least in certain parts of the world
2: so I mean, and Poor i f- Tucker Tucker's face right now. Like, I know, again, podcasting being a very visual medium, but he's very. like, I can't believe I had to, like, not only watch this movie, but like talk about it. And 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 not to
0: mention that compounded with the physical discomfort of all the hot wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's
2: just
0: he's just having the night of his life right now. You can tell you can see it all over his face.
1: Yeah, you guys, this, this movie hurt me. Like, I feel personally attacked by this film, and in that attack, I was injured somehow.
0: <laughs> you said you were getting motion sickness because of the editing and fight choreography.
1: Well, and that's... The... That... Ah, it's just so bad, you guys. Everything about it is horrible. Every second of this movie. Like, I had to put so much effort into watching this movie because it actively did not want me to watch it. It was so uninteresting and boring and stupid that like, it was so diff I had to put my phone across the room so I wouldn't pick it up and start looking at stuff. (laughs) I had to like, I almost at one point I almost had to clockwork orange myself. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) like it was, I could not stay interested. I couldn't even pretend to stay interested in this movie. Sorry. Go ahead, everyone. I just, oh, it's so bad.
2: I had it ahead of my Iron Man 2.
1: Oh, really? Mm. Steven gave it two stars. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, but like I saw that, I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Maybe we- I saw the director's cut. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. No, it's an hour and 37 minutes. We watched the same one.
2: I mean, yeah. I watched a lot of 90s Drek. Like, and this gave me that, like, 90s straight to video, go to the video store and bring home, like, a, a bad action movie, bad comic book adaptation feel right. to it. So maybe it hit, like, a bit of, like, a warmer nostalgia spot for me. Like, Where, like a it's Dolph Lundgren not... Punisher or a Matt Salinger Captain yeah. America kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to argue that it's a particularly well-made and I watched no. it the same night that I watched Anatomy of a Fall, which oh, is like one of the, you know, and I would say like it's maybe a half a tick below in terms of the filmmaking skill that's going on there. Maybe, a, you know, like a <laughs> hair below. Um, so, but like, I didn't hate it. Like I actually quite enjoyed watching it. Like it definitely brought back a little bit of nostalgia for me in terms of like, That renting something at the video store that wasn't quite great, Mm -hmm. but sitting around, like, the living room floor with, like, pizza and soda with friends and maybe, like, not mocking is maybe too strong a word, but, like, kind of, like, laughing at a movie with friends and, you know. Like an MST3K vibe kind of thing.
1: That's something that I, I kept thinking to myself when I was watching this, and this is... This is the worst thing that I could Possibly say about a film Is that I wouldn't even watch this If it were on Mystery Science Theater, nay, I don't like New Mystery Science Theater mm-hmm. If if it were on Mystery Science Theater Season 7 through 10 I still would not watch it I still would not be able To get through mm-hmm. this sucker, like, it's a miracle It happened tonight, I only did it for the pod Right I did it for you guys That's right and you'd do it again if we asked you to. I would, but I would bitch a lot. I know you about would. it. Like, I, ooh, so, boy, I can bitch. I,
2: I, you really me, liked, I know. <laughs> you really liked the Flash, right?
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that.
2: Right. That was, and fun. I enjoyed not it. a good and, and, movie, not yeah, a good and, movie, and, and but and I just the really Flash fun more than most. And I enjoyed the Flash more than most. Me and I was, and, and the Flash is a better made film. Like, I'm not going to argue that. Like, it's yeah. You know, but the Flash had like infinitely more resources to like throw at it than something like this, thing, right? right? And I would say like on a on a per dollar basis for like what this movie had versus like what the Flash had, I would say that you get about the same result, like at a cost per dollar, mm-hmm. like what you're getting. I would even say like some of the fight sequences in here like some of the martial arts skill that is shown here is maybe even a little better than what you're getting with like Ezra Miller who it's unfortunate because he's actually quite a talented performer. It's unfortunate that he is who he is as a human being, which I would know. They're a pretty awful
0: person. Yeah, I agree.
2: Oh, that's correct. They, 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 I, I forgot that that is their pronoun. So that they are, not maybe the necessary they're not the best human being in terms of the choices they've made in life and right what they've done um and we're forgiving of multi million dollar spectacle theater and like this is much much smaller mm-hmm. and there's a lot fewer resources that are going into it so i have a harder time coming down on it hard as hard as i would at say like Something where you have, like, all the resources that Warner Brothers can throw at something. Right. This Like, that's where I'd throw my anger at something if I really didn't like
0: something. This feels a lot more like a labor of love to me. Like, someone cared about this. And you can kind of see that on the screen. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like I would give this movie at least an extra half star if I were watching the sub just a subtitled version of it in its original language and not mm-hmm. the dub that we get with the American version of it. Yeah. Cause that dub is pretty egregious in points. Like there, there are times when I feel like the dub inhibits the performance, yeah. the actual original actor is giving. I'm thinking specifically of the scene where, uh, Sri, um, the main character is visiting her father's grave And she's like crying and sobbing and asking, why did you give up? Like, like she's questioning her father on this thing that has clearly haunted her for her entire life. And um, the the actress giving the voiceover is just like screaming and it doesn't feel like, like the performance that I'm watching and the performance that I'm hearing are two, clearly two very different performances. And it's very off-putting for me as I'm watching this thing, just going, I don't like this at all. (laughs)
1: you know it's funny that that you say that steven about uh this feeling like a a labor of love and that's you know that's the cool thing about art and perception and shit is that we're two completely different people and we saw the same movie but we saw two completely different things because this was the most soulless piece of shit i've ever seen in my life (laughs) Like, Mike, you were talking earlier about those movies you'd rent in the 90s. I, I was also that kid who had written those yeah. movies, too. And those movies sucked, but they had, like, they were trying. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell people were trying and, like, people were having fun making these and putting everything into them. That's why you enjoyed them, you know, not because they were good. Uh, but this movie, to me, I didn't, feel, I didn't feel any of that. It just felt like soulless garbage to me.
2: That's How wild. did you feel about the police captain, though, who did come in fourth place in the Edward J. Almos <laughs> Lookalike contest at the at the Des Moines uh <laughs> County Fair? We had to feel pretty good about that.
1: He he was not the worst uh performance. I think the worst performance for me was the main character's mother.
2: Mm. Oh, she was pretty.
1: Yeah. Both the actress and especially the voiceover actress,
2: mm. but she's not in wow. it that much. I mean, she's in it for all of two. She's scenes. she's yeah.
1: in it enough to where that sticks out to me because it was so horrible, right?
2: But it's a pretty one of note. horrible
1: performances.
2: I mean, it is
0: a very one note performance. Yeah, she. It's a stereotypical nagging, mother disappointed,
2: kind of role. yeah, disappointed mom, and it's like a cultural stereotype as well like it's very much a cultural stereotype mom like i'm disappointed in my daughter she's dropped out of school you're a disappointment to the family yeah you know and she's in a, she has maybe 2 to 3 minutes of screen time like all together right mm-hmm. i mean in a 90 and it's a movie that zips along i mean it's it probably felt like the longest 90 look if you want to feel yeah. your age if you want to feel like time has crawled to a standstill go and watch ghost of frankenstein which is 68 minutes oh man and you will feel like you have watched killers of the flower moon three times <laughs> you will feel like you have aged because that movie just drags. time movie... has
1: passed the sun has gone from one side yeah. of the sky to the other
0: right you know. It, but yeah, it is paced. That movie is that movie is paced abominably. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's... No, I, I I definitely agree. I think... I mean, first of all, I think the voice actor is also doing an Edward James almost impression, too. Mm-hmm. Like, which
2: just makes it the that mother? much better. For the captain. Yeah, yeah. Which would be amazing if the mom was doing <laughs> i a, I'd, I'd honestly, be more
1: into it, honestly. <laughs> that would be the hook for me.
0: <laughs> that would be great if the mom's just... Why? Starbuck, why are you not? I can't do
2: ever James Bond. <laughs> I'm not going to try. But. I mean, I would say this movie does a really weird thing. You mentioned the social media aspect. It's like we mm-hmm. haven't talked about the hook of this movie. Is where there's like a character named Bono who is decided that he wants to make a superhero movie mm-hmm. because he wants to inspire the persons of this city that are somehow feel downtrodden for some reason. And his the youth hook, in particular, the yeah. youth in particular. And he's like, I don't want to film a superhero movie because like, that is where all the money is. I want to do a superhero movie to inspire the youth, mm-hmm. but he's been shot down, which to me is like, no man, if you want to make money, the, the, the producer is like, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah. The producer is just like, I, I literally says, I, I don't like to my... make money. Yeah. Yeah, which is <laughs> ironic. And this movie came out in twenty seventeen. So like a, almost a decade after Iron Man. So it's like, sir. Yeah. You know, have you even? <laughs> um no, he is not, clearly. <laughs> right. So his idea. I love that his name is Bono. I absolutely yeah. love
1: that. And it's he has one best. leg.
2: And he has one leg. He does. That'll be important later on when I do my 60 second synopsis for the joke I have. That was one where
1: they that was one where they got me, because during that scene, he's just like touching his leg. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Some dumb shit I don't need to see. And then they're like, ha ha, some dumb shit you do need to see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you got me, movie, you Uh, son of a bitch.
2: Yeah, because like, you know, he's he, he has his assistant. I can't remember the assistant's name. But they can't. okay we'll say it's a one sure why not the um, designer sure yeah one um, okay you're much better at this than me I have i'm also looking I like at the games. cast list right now yeah because yeah. i'll watch a movie and be like yeah the, the the main monster in that movie with frankenstein sure you bet yeah you that's know, the like one. frankenstein that's the one the guy that bites people dracula yes <laughs> yes that's that's the, the hairy one. guy the wolf yeah. man sure yes sure, sure. if you say um, so so, you know, Bono, he's like, I need my superhero, but he still hasn't found what he's looking for. Uh, we're going to do a lot of that. Tonight. We're going to do a lot of that tonight. Can't wait. Right? Um, His idea. I might do one. Absolutely. That's all. <laughs> Just the one. Very good. That was a pretty fly joke. That was, um, that was great. There was some Thank edge you. to it. Um <laughs> I can't do like a Larry Mullins, like, you know, there's no, but there's, his idea is like, what I'm going to do is like, fi- he finds S- Sramaya and he's like, we're going to hire you to be our actress. He sees her like kicking ass. And he's like, you're going to be my Valentine. But his idea is like, you're going to actually go out and fight real crime and we're going to film it mm-hmm. to drum up publicity but he just has her keep doing that. Like, there's no script. There are no other actors that we know of. There aren't. No, it's very Bowfinger esque in that regard. Right. It's just like.
1: Oh, I like you're... that
0: movie. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie that instead? In <laughs> so...
2: <laughs> Bowfinger, great movie. I
1: haven't yeah, man, watched that Martin, in... Eddie Murphy? Fuck yeah.
2: Frank Oz, was, yeah. Was Bowfinger thought of as a great movie Like when it came out? I just no. have this. Okay, I didn't think so. So it's now one of those things where now we think it's great, but it
0: has been reclaimed. Yeah, successfully reclaimed. It's It's been reclaimed from
2: who? Like the people that didn't like it. Okay. Do they claim it or do they push it away? I would think they would. Well, they 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 threw it away,
0: and we reclaimed it
2: from the garbage where those people threw it away. Okay. So this idea that like we're gonna like make this superhero movie. But he never really makes a movie. Like, I don't think there was ever, I think this is all a ruse to just make your own superhero. Like, there's no movie. Well, he dies halfway through. So we never yeah. know if there was going to be
0: a movie a or not. Spoiler
2: alert. Oh. Yeah, we yeah.
0: never. This we is never what
2: happens when you're a uh, one legged man in an ass kicking contest. <laughs> yeah, dude. You get <laughs> Pretty shot. Much. Yeah. That was you... my joke. <laughs> I love <it>. this
0: guy. <laughs> Well, why don't we just go ahead and, and I mean, we've done half the plot already. I feel like we just did. Why don't we just, just for the sake of appearances. Just for funsies. Go ahead and throw to the plot in 60 seconds. This is the part of the show where normally at the behest of either the D6 of Destiny or the Coin of Justice, depending on how many people are on the pod. uh, We decide which of us will recount the plot in 60 seconds. But when we have a guest, like we do tonight, and that guest is a special To us as Mr. Mike Snoonian, we ask if they would be willing to take a stab at the plot in 60 seconds. And Mike graciously agreed to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I can check those receipts if you'd like. (laughs) Um, But I've got 60 seconds on the clock, Mike. I will give you the 30 and 10 second warnings, as I always do.
2: The clock will start whenever you begin. So... Shadow, a masked figure in his three minions straight out of an anime convention, kidnaps some low-level criminal, bring him to his dad's home, who happens to be a cop, and execute him for whatever dad's crimes were. Soon afterward, we meet Sramaria and her brother, Umbra, and Sramaria is a disappointment to her mother, who Tucker can't stand that's very important to the plot that tucker can't stand mom I soon definitely. after we meet bono and he says we need to film a movie on these streets that have no seconds name. oh <laughs> fuck this um but he wants to make a superhero movie but he is rejected by the producer he finds his star sir maria after he she beats the crap out of a grabby patron at the Cafe she works at. He makes her into Valentine, drags her out. She starts fighting crime with Wei Wan, who's filming it. S- Valentine becomes a internet sensation. Everybody is inspired by Valentine. She keeps fighting crime until she tries. Oh, God. Keep damn. going.
0: You're doing great. Keep going. I'm keep am going. I You're
2: doing great? You are. <laughs> I want I... to get to.
0: I want to get to that. You're joke. saying
2: that with the same enthusiasm. My wife does when I give her like the best 38 seconds of her. week. Okay. Keep going. You're I mean, it, it is
1: Valentine's day, Mike.
2: Oh, okay. Anyway,
1: no, you misheard. He didn't say, are you done yet?
2: Oh, <laughs> like... anyway, shadow in his shadow in his crew of anime characters, take hostages at a local bank maybe. And the police show up. He has all these demands and he starts blowing stuff up. A fight ensues. Valentine is in hot pursuit. There is a big chase. There is a fight that takes place over two vans. Uh, There are definitely streets that have no name because it's a green screen. Valentine loses for the first time. She quits being Valentine uh bono decides he wants to be a hero and tries to stop a crime but again when you're a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest you get shot to death he (laughs) dies valentine stops Uh, there is some sort of like climate change thing oh there's a climate change thing the cops are corrupt something 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 happens valentine shows up shadow takes over the climate change conference valentine and shadow fight wouldn't you know it shadow is actually her brother and umbra and umbra says hey the captain of the police actually murdered our dad because our dad used to be corrupt then he became a cop he was going to expose the other corrupt cops he got murdered for it they made it look like a suicide shadow slash umbra then kills the police captain on live tv he then gets killed Some wacky shit happens after that. Valentine says, my fight's not over. She puts her little mask on his tombstone and then rides off on a motorcycle. Credits roll. And apparently there are some sort of after credits after that. There are two two mid-credit scenes. Is there a giant robot?
0: No, but there is a, a flying man who destroys a meteor. Oh,
1: there's uh, and, one where like a guy just like looks around the corner and that's I don't even know who it was or what was supposed to be happening no context like what was that the second one see so what was out The second
0: know. one it was Umbra's um the Umbra's drawer in the morgue was pulled open and the body was missing and then you well, see was... an orderly pushing a cart presumably with Umbra's dead body down a long hallway and that's that's the second one
2: but yeah, he was shot in the head, though. So I mean, I don't know anything about this comic know.
0: book universe because I can't find any of the fucking comics anywhere. So I don't know if um, there's a character that brings people back to life, if there's a, an a Indonesian version of a Lazarus Pit or something. I have no idea. So what I do know is that they absolutely have been trying to kick off a cinematic universe based on this movie. Oh dear. And you they don't keep say. they keep announcing shit and almost none of it comes out. Only one thing has come out so far. Another one has apparently been filmed, but they've been they've they've had a trailer out for like almost
2: 3 years now. See, this is 7 years ago since yeah. this movie is hit. That's a mm-hmm. long time.
1: And Agreed. you know why none of this stuff has been made, Stephen?
2: Why, Tucker?
1: Because nobody gives a fuck.
0: Well, I don't think it's being made for you. To to I, to, I mean, this is this is I mean, it's an Indonesian company. These are Indonesian films. That this one got released in America at all is kind of miraculous. I think they were trying to recoup some of their costs. Um, I did I the research I had to do. Um, the links I had to go to to research this movie to find out any behind-the-scenes shit mm-hmm. was extensive. I had it involved a lot of translate, Google Translate, I will say that, and Wayback Machine. Um, but there's there's not a lot of information out there for us to be able to access about these characters unless you speak Indonesian or Malay, and those are languages I neither speak nor understand. So, um, but I did like I did on the Flash, I did craft a timeline that runs about 10 years of Skylar comics and the development specifically of this movie. Uh, And it is, as you might suspect, bit of a clusterfuck.
1: I can't believe it.
0: I know. Let's hear it. Tough to believe. So 2011 Skylar comics is formed by film producer, Sargono Sutrisno, uh, actor Marcelino Lafront And uh, comics artist and musician Aswin M.C. Siragar. Um, It is a subsidiary. It's formed as a subsidiary of Skylar Pictures, which is uh, Sutrisno's production company. Uh, So Skylar Pictures and Skylar Comics both show up at the beginning of this movie. That's why. And the logo for Skylar Comics is literally just the Skylar Pictures logo with a cape and a mask. Um, December 30th, 2012... Their first comic, um, Volt Edition 00, debuts at PopCon Asia. Uh, December 3rd of the following year, Skylar Pictures signs a deal to produce a movie based on the comic character Volt. Volt is their flagship character. Volt is the character that we see at the end of the movie flying into the meteor to destroy it. Uh, that is their flagship character. He's like the Superman to Valentine's Batman, presumably, um, he has electric based electricity based powers essentially, uh, in June, June 25th of 2014, Valentine makes her comics debut and uh, discussion surrounding a film based on that character begins immediately. Uh, the film actually enters pre-production later in 2014. So they rushed this thing into production, which on some level kind of shows, um, in February of the next year, they start filming, um, The initial release date is slated for March or April of 2015, but filming takes 121 days. So they don't hit that mark. By August, there's a trailer ready. August, 2015. The trailer premieres at PopCon Asia with no confirmed release date. We go to May, 2016. No
1: fanfare.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there, again, I'm sure there was fanfare, just not from you. And Um, the crowd goes wild. yay. Yay. And there was much rejoicing. Um, in December or in May of 2016, the director confirms that the film will be released no later than December, 2016. So of course, in December of 2016, they start CGI post-production on the movie. Um, by August of 2017, there's finally a new trailer out and that trailer comes with a release date of November 23rd, 2017. Later in August, however, the CGI house that is responsible for the visual effects, Epic Studios, uh, has a server crash. That's going to be important later because the movie does, in fact, come out on November 23rd,
1: 2017. Just like
0: Food Fight, man. Just like Food Fight. Just like Food Fight. Now, you talk about bad movies, man. Food Fight is border. This is like an Oscar-worthy masterpiece compared to Food Fight.
1: I can't wait to watch it just to say that this is worse.
0: I don't know how you can. I'm but firm. I'm firm anyone, in my belief
1: that this is if, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. If
0: anyone's going to find a way to prove to say that, it's going to be you. Um, it's okay. three days later on November 26, 2017, Skylar Pictures pulls the movie from theaters citing technical problems. It goes three days in theaters. Um, A, uh, a couple days later they release a statement and they say that the technical difficulties were a result of the server crash at Epic Studios. They say the film might be released later. There's a possibility that it'll come out, but we don't know when. And again, this is a movie they've been promising since 2014. Um,
2: in May... It wasn't the result of Hot Wings. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> in may toward
0: the end of may 2018 may twenty fourth 2018 there is a web series based on another skylar comics property called Jawara Indonesia, which as best as I can figure, means champions of Indonesia that debuts on Stro TV. Stro TV is the official streaming service of Skylar Pictures. Um, to date, it is the only other piece of media related to the Skylar universe that has yet been released, and near as I can tell, it is not available anywhere in English.
1: Is it a universe if it's just one movie?
0: No, they got a TV show too. You did you not hear me just say oh, there was a TV show?
1: Yeah, but I, I did. But Estelle, know, Estelle didn't Linden I mean. does not appear in it, nor does Valentine. It. Estelle Getty, what?
0: Estelle Linden, the actress who plays oh. Valentine in this movie, she's not in that I series. The
1: lady from Golden Girls made a cameo, and I missed it.
2: No, but I do. Would I do you, you like the, the picture more if Estelle Getty was Valentine? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Oh, I don't know. It really How? depends because even if even if she were in it, like the dialogue,
2: wouldn't that be entertaining?
1: Yes, At you know, to a point. But when something's as bad as this, like that's only entertaining for a few minutes. Honestly, a
2: stell like, at first you're like, material.
1: oh, that's that's what that that would that she would hold me, material? thrill me, kiss me, and kill me? Honestly, but, but only she... for a few minutes.
2: Excellent. Thank you. So what you're saying, I blanked. <laughs> I absolutely blanked. My my
0: current U two reference and just I just because it's such been an so obscure long. one too. Such right? a, it's,
1: it, that one's that was out there in the weeds. That's why he somewhere. appreciated it though? Thank
2: you. Well, I was gonna say what you're saying is this movie is bad because that is a great U two song, especially yeah. the live version of it. But I think people associate that with Michael Jackson.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or with this, yeah, I think with this
1: it, movie too, probably. Oh,
2: so Getty, I think, would elevate the material. I agree. I also, think so too. Like I say, for only so favorites. for so long. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually like. I, I did. I, I, actually have some things I do like about this movie. I actually like thought Estelle Linden was like fun to watch in this movie. I do. Think I agree. She has some skill as a martial artist, and I think like the the fight scene that takes place like in the conference center towards the end. It's actually mm-hmm. not too shabby with her or the other three young women who look, and you just mentioned the Batman reference, like there's one woman who is literally wearing like the enlarged Batman logo that is like straight out of like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, where it, it- has the large round batman symbol that that's where you really only see that, that one legally distinct just legally yeah. distinct enough to get away with it but mm-hmm. yeah well,
1: she'd been she had been doing that the whole movie with different costumes first time yeah. we saw her she was dressed as a minion
0: no first time mm-hmm. she's dressed as a ballerina all in white um oh no, i didn't the notice that at the it wasn't
1: an ip so i didn't but you know she it, is dressed as a no. minion
0: later she's dressed as a clown in a couple instances like she, she's, she's the, the
1: joker like- with the batman
0: logo she's like, She's the cosplay villain, basically.
2: Yeah. She's yeah. all of us. And I kind of you? enjoy that. It's not great, but I think the, the fight scenes in and of themselves in that end are fun. And there's enough there. And it's better than some of the... It's like not Scott Atkins. Like, I'm not right. going to say it's that. Although, Scott Atkins is Valentine. Instant half-star rating added to this movie. Um, 100%. But it's, like, pretty good um i appreciate that they don't shoehorn a romance in between bono and valentine i think that would have been kind of icky i'm like we're going to avoid that by like just killing him off midway through the movie kind of surprised they went that route like i actually genuinely surprised like did not see that coming do you think they buried him
1: under a joshua tree
2: i do I actually it. no he was definitely under the streets that have no name wow. uh, i think those. that okay. definitely was i had to use <laughs> yeah. that one you, see, you
0: used uh, that one already didn't you
2: was it on a sunday it was definitely a sunday bloody sunday oh. for Bono, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thought that was the the uh the day of his accident the the accident that killed his wife and daughter and made him lose his leg so right that was a pretty well. Pretty we're
1: dropping song. Bono references, and then you got like all serious there yeah. for a second, talking about Sorry. kids dying and shit. And I was Ooh. like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, this movie.
2: This movie. So if yeah. they had like a moment where like Valentine and Bono got together, and he said, "Our two hearts beat as one," I would have been very. That's an old 2 reference.
1: He would have been like, "Let's share our love to everyone who has iTunes." <laughs>
2: God, no. Instead, every time
0: she like gets in a fight, he's like, "Whoa, Actun, baby." <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god.
0: This is, this is this is great. Um I don't know many YouTube references. So the fact that I got that one in there I'm very proud of. Um very good. I I I I mean, I figured that her dad was going to be her uncle Ben figure, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really motivate her the way that he motivates her brother, and I do want mm-hmm. to talk about her brother as the primary antagonist here yeah. uh soon. But she needed something that would make her fun because she is pretty craven. Like in the comics, from what I understand, that character is very much motivated by, she wants to be an actress and she just has Mm -hmm. the martial arts training. Mm -hmm. We don't, I don't know that this movie really delves into that at all. Um, Not even a passing reference to, well, you know, I always wanted to be an actress. And so
2: that's why I'm working at this cafe. She she says like, I want, she does mention that a couple of times. Like, she does say that to her brother, and he even says, like, that. hey, have you gotten, like, the acting gigs yet? And she's like, no, nothing's really come up yet. Like, she has dropped okay. out of school. So there's a passing reference, and she mentions a couple, like, at one point, like, Bono asks her, and I think it's a beautiful day when he asks her this. Like, it's mm-hmm. a really nice day out. Like, Like, he asks her this. Like, have you where did you learn these moves? She talks about like the form of martial arts it is and how she learned it from her dad and how her and her brother have both learned this. Salat that's a very... is very name of that. state. It's Salat. a very popular in Southeast Asia. Right. And that's like a very important little nugget that she drops in. Like, oh, it's my brother and I have both learned this form of martial arts. Um, Cause you're like, oh, the brother's, the bad guy as soon as they say that because you're like of course he is i mean you kind of see that coming from a mile away is that when you knew that the brother was the bad guy Kind of had that idea only because, like, he's the only other male in this movie, and you kind of know that the villain's going to be unveiled at some point. And I've right. seen how movies work, so right. you know, particularly you've seen a movie before movies I've as formulaic as this one tends I've, to be at times. Yeah, yeah,
1: but, but which is fine. Like it you is. know what?
2: Like that's totally okay. I have zero problem with that. People I have,
1: do it because it works.
2: Yeah, I have exactly. zero issue with. It. Like that's not a problem for me. You know, Um so. All that kind of, like, there are, like, passing references to it here. And you're right, I think, because, like, a lot of the voice acting is so flat that it gets pretty easy to gloss over. I mm. did have a question. Were there moments where the, it was not dubbed? It did feel like at times, especially when it's Bono and Valentine, that they're not dubbing it, that they're actually speaking in English, and then everything else appears dubbed. So well, here's... I think since they're... Oh,
1: Stephen, you have the definitive answer. I was just going to speculate nope. based on other things.
2: Speculate wildly uh, and then
1: I'll come in. As someone who grew up on a, a, a healthy, healthy uh, dose of mostly Italian horror and Western films, when you have someone who speaks English mm-hmm. during filming, they do speak their lines in English. Mm-hmm. But if one person's dubbed everybody's dubbed and that's why it seemed like sometimes it matched up and sometimes it didn't with them but you could always tell that they were speaking english because like in all the giallo films and all the spaghetti westerns people like clint eastwood and any other uh english actor that they would get in there they would perform their parts in english even though the people speaking the other language would be speaking that other language which i'm always and that always it seems so difficult to me because if you don't know that language, how do you know when your line is like, is there somebody mm-hmm. off screen going, okay, go yeah, there right. has to be. Right? right.
0: Well, I mean, you could always do the plan nine thing that Tor Johnson would always just wait for the person to stop speaking, take a beat and then say his line. And then the other people who didn't understand him, what he was saying would just wait till he was done talking, take a beat and then say their lines back. Mm-hmm. Like very much like that. I, So Matthew Settle is the the name of the actor that plays uh, Bono. And he is he is an American actor. He's from where is he from? I think he's from like South Carolina or something like he's he's an actual American. He's been in like Band of Brothers, I think, is one of his most popular. I still know what you did last summer. Um, U five, seven, one like he's he's got some credits. Um, This is the last movie he did. Uh, he's not done anything since. Is he and
2: okay? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't. Like, it he like really he's alive,
1: can... right? Yeah. Did he get I...
2: Brandon Lead on set? Like, was he really getting shot? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know. It did kind of like...
1: come out of nowhere, so I wouldn't be surprised. They're like is... R.I.P. this actor, actually.
0: He is still alive. One thing I've noticed about this uh company is that they really like to get American actors that uh no one's really heard of or haven't really done anything and um try to like get them in kill them their movies. Um <laughs> Strimmer, but no this, hunt is, them this for is sport
1: <laughs> I mean maybe it's the most dangerous game man. This American is his acting.
0: last credit um on his IMDB page. Maybe he's just decided to retire, but though there's nothing about him his personal life on here after twenty eleven, which is when he divorced uh his wife, uh actress so and model came out in twenty seventeen. I know. Nativ. I said about his personal life, yeah. Um did but you just sing know... a
1: Muppet song? What did you say? No,
0: Naama Nativ. The his to oh, like his... say
1: Doo-doo, his,
0: his actress model wife, best known for a role in uh You Don't Mess with the Zohan.
1: Um, oh somebody likes that movie who likes that somebody's trying to get me to watch that it was you that, steven that's
0: me yeah okay
1: i'm gonna that's watch me. it then All right. i
0: think i think it's i think it's a fun movie one of sandler's Isn't
2: there best, like a think. director's cut of that that is like superior to the of oh there might be i don't know
0: which version i've seen but there might be i would i would watch the hell out of a director's cut i had fun with the regular version honestly um but steven yeah so...
1: just watches whatever versions on zoo tv so Pretty much, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, Matthew Settle, um, he's from North Carolina. He is, so he's an American, but he actually, according to the credits of this movie, is voiced over by an actor named Christopher Waycamp. So he doesn't actually even do his own dubbing for this movie. Someone else dubs him in this movie, um, which I find hilarious that you get an actual American actor in this movie and then just do not get him to read his own lines. Maybe he just wasn't available post-production. I have no idea what the issue was, but there were sometimes it felt like he was speaking Indonesian, uh, like just from the way that the dub was syncing up with his actual lips and the way they were moving. I honestly couldn't tell. Um, but I knew that he was being dubbed and, um, I'd never seen him in anything. So I can't really tell you. Um, what he sounds like in real life, but apparently it's not like this. Word. So, yeah, that's, that's what I can tell you about the dub. Hmm. Tucker, when did you know that Umbra was the villain?
1: Uh, When it was revealed. And as soon as it was revealed, I thought, oh, my least favorite character in this movie is now a mother of the disappeared. <laughs> Are these flying over your head now? Are, Am I getting yeah. too deep on the YouTube? I said Zoo TV and no one reacted. Like I would have okay. flew over my head. All right. You're making
0: those cuts a little too deep. Shallow those up a bit, buddy.
1: I'll dial it back. Sorry. Um, I've gone too far. No, I didn't. I I I like I said it was very hard. I did I did my best and I I honestly tried my hardest to pay attention to this movie, but it was very difficult. And I I I don't want to say I missed a lot of stuff, but my brain just glossed over a lot of things. So when they revealed that I was like, Oh, I probably, if I probably should have known that, but nah, it was news to me.
0: So the, 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 the comic convention of naming characters, very obvious things really bit this movie in the ass when it came to the reveal. Um, and it's a silver age thing where you name like a villain, like rainbow Raider, something like Roy G Bivolo, or uh, a guy named the Riddler, Edward Nigma, Like you just named them something very obvious and some like a pun on their name, basically. Um, And so when in the first scene, you've got a villain named Shadow who's, you know, killing these rich people. And then in the very next scene, you introduce her to her brother and her brother's first name is Umbra. I immediately go, that guy's a bad guy. Because Umbra is the Latin word for shadow.
1: Oh, I don't know Latin. It's a dead language.
0: I, well, okay. Here's why I know that Umbra means shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: important though for, you know, uh, understanding where words come from. So yeah, Latin is. is rad. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I, I mean, I, was, I minored in Greek in college. So I, Latin, a. not even a language I, I know extensively. I just know bits and pieces. But the reason I know that Umbra is Latin for shadow is because there's a character in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or not League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, sorry, um, Legion of Superheroes in DC Comics oh. called Umbra. And her entire thing is that she can manipulate shadows. That's her whole power set. So that's why I knew that. But I was just immediately, that guy's a yep. bad guy. And mm-hmm. I was right. So,
2: yeah.
0: But yeah, it's it, it, it comes from a mile away. And I think if you understand comics conventions in any, res- like this movie plays into its tropes in a way that both feels respectful and obvious. Like, this is it, a, it
2: balances that line, I think, very well. This is a very comic book comic book movie mm-hmm. in a way that comic books aren't anymore. Like comic books now aren't the comic books we grew up with, right? Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, like it's a problem that like comic books now almost feel like they're being created to churn out material for future movies. Mm-hmm. There aren't really any one off, like one or two issue stories anymore. Everything is like a six to 12 issue arc. Yep. If it's not something that's interconnected with a half dozen other titles. Correct. In order to funnel stuff to get created for a larger, if not just one character series of movies. To get funneled towards a larger, broader cinematic universe. And that's a real issue with comic books. Like when you think about we need to be able to create like new fans, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to create new fans, especially younger readers, when the point of entry number one is very expensive. Like in a comic book now is I don't even think it's even five bucks. I think it's like six, seven bucks for a Mm -hmm. new issue. Like, it's crazy expensive.
0: I would not be surprised. I've not bought comics in years for that reason.
1: Mm -hmm. was like was like 75 last time I bought a comic book. It's it's a lot. And I'm some of
2: the... In 1989, when Tim Burton's Batman was coming out, I remember buying, like, Batman 400 for maybe, like, a buck. $75 cents a
1: dollar, yeah. Yeah.
2: For the next 10 years, like, being an avid Batman reader. And then, like, buying like the ultimate Spider-Man run for the first like hundred or so issues. Uh, and then buying like a lot of the ultimate universe stuff for the, those issues, a lot of issues. And like Dan Jurgens on Superman.
1: Side note. Can I ask you um, just because i never get a chance to ask, ask, ask people this. What did you think of ultimate Iron Man, the solo series? Did you read that?
2: Oh, uh, ultimate Iron Man. That's the Warren Ellis
1: one, right? Yeah. Where he's blue, he's a not, blue kid, and he's like,
2: not much because I don't remember reading it. I remember you know, reading I've got the, the two trades.
1: I have the two trades. Well, and I, they they do kind of hint towards his origins mm-hmm. and stuff in the Ultimates, but um, the dedicated series is really interesting. It's kind of an outlier in the Ultimates universe too. It so kind I, of stands on its own. I
2: don't think I read Ultimate Iron Man. It's I read. Good I recommend it. I read ultimate cap. I definitely read all of the Peter Parker ultimate Spider-Man and then Mm -hmm. did not read it after they killed him off. Cause I'm like, why would you kill off ultimate Peter Parker? The art
1: was so cool after that. With Mark
2: Bagley. Bagley's so good. Bagley.
1: Bagley's the worst. I grew up with Bagley and he can suck a fuck. He's the worst (laughs) comic artist ever everything he does is just like an affront to my eyes tucker coming in hot sorry Uh, mark begley i'm sure is a wonderful human being but like i said i grew up on that motherfucker and then i had to suffer through all his shit on ultimate spider-man and when they changed artists finally i was like oh thank god
2: how do you really feel
1: (laughs) i cannot stand the art of mark begley
0: can you Tucker, go I'm going to need you to just pull it. Maybe take
1: another shot or something, yeah. but you are coming yeah. in so fucking hot right now. I'm Hey, you hit a sore subject because everybody loves Mark Bakeley and I don't get it. Okay. It's some of the most offensive shit I've ever seen in my life.
0: See, I feel that way about Chris Bacalo, but I'm not even coming in that hot. I just like,
2: yeah, I don't care for it. So so tying this back into Valentine, which is yeah, tr- sorry, perfectly fine. Like this <laughs> to me is like a throwback to like 80s and 90s Comics and really 70s comics in a way, mm-hmm. like the and look not to the like when I say Dennis O'Neill, I don't mean to the quality of like Dennis O'Neill's writing or like George, uh, like uh, George Perez is an artist, so I apologize. I'm getting the the um, but like that kind of writing where it's like we can do like one or two issues, and right? Be in and get in and get out, basically telling telling stories for limited windows, knowing that people
0: right. might come on and off the book depending on how they feel about the Mm -hmm. character and
2: these are like very very simple stories Mm -hmm. um that is what this is a throwback to and geared towards like a younger audience right here like and there's a lot that can lead to some problems for example like the plot logic of like you're supposed to be filming this for a movie yet there are no other actors there seems to be no script there's no other overhead all you have is like a 1995 style camcorder that runs off via via VHS. Like all of your best footage is security camera footage from other stores. And and
0: your, your, your lead cameraman is a fashion designer who really has no business holding a camera as evidenced by the first scene after he films anything. Or designing fashion either.
2: Who is, who is every horrific queer stereotype. Oh my God. Yes. it is offensive. It offensive, is offensive. How? Like his
1: hair? I like his terrible, hair kind of
0: reminds actually. me of um, hair was dope. Of yeah. um, meet your boy Meshach Taylor in Mannequin a little bit.
2: Looks a little bit yes. like Shinsuke Nakamura from the WWE. A little, oh, bit. there you go. There you go. Um, no one else knows who I'm talking Everybody about. Everybody loves you know.
1: the wrestling, people yeah. love wrestling.
2: Um, so it's a lot like that. And the villains are very simple. The henchmen are very simple. The motives are very simple. Like, it's very pure in yeah. that regard. Um, it's a lot of green screen. Mm-hmm. The 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 effects, let's face it. Like, the special effects are poor. The CGI is poor. Agreed. Um, To the point where you're almost like, let's not even do them. Like, really? You'd be better off if you didn't even attempt those things. Mm-hmm. Um the Just movie skip would the be scene better. and have
1: somebody tell us about it later. Like that would be better,
2: honestly. Right. But or you could have like the chase scene. You could have like the chase scene and not have like your henchwomen dropping the these awful grenades out the window that have these like terrible cgi explosions they're supposed to be to like
0: uh the green goblin pumpkin yeah. bombs and they've all got uh, little smiley faces on them just don't do it i swear they use the same shot of cosplay girl throwing the bomb out like five times yeah they use that same it. shot over and
1: over yeah. and over, and i love it i remember because, that part because it was when i had to turn it down because i was trying to sleep i was like ah right because <laughs> what what god like, oh, why because... do you get so loud all of a sudden uh
2: Well, what's unfortunate about that is like the actual fight between the actual stunt work that's being done and the fight like in the van is like not terrible for a low budget action movie, like jumping in between both fans and going back and forth. Like that's not the worst thing in the whole world. Like it's actually not too, too terrible.
1: I agree with you. The choreography and the stunts are fantastic. It's just the way that it's shot and edited that just takes the piss out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you can really tell people worked hard on the physical yeah. aspects of this movie, but the way it's presented just makes it worthless.
2: Yeah. They're, worthless they're, is a little bit harsh, but let like, me I get what you're saying. To, in in
1: from my perspective, straight yeah. up worthless.
0: There there yeah. are some scenes where the editing kind of makes it feel like all the characters are fighting underwater, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer. The the two fight scenes I really, really loved. Uh, the cage match sequence where she's fighting the guys in the cage. Um, and there's a shirtless henchman just shows up out of nowhere. Like she's Mm -hmm. fighting the guy with all the face paint. And then all of a sudden there's a second guy without a shirt. And I'm like, how'd this guy get here? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're going to fight. Um, and then the scene with the, the, uh, with the, her versus the three henchmen who have pretty much dispatched everybody, the entire movie, like Mm -hmm. the scene at the, the press that the, the prince's speech where they take on the, uh, the all the bodyguards she takes out like two at a time and then walks over to a third one who's holding a gun and then disarms that guy and i'm like why is this guy not trying to take a shot like he's just standing there with a gun waiting to be disarmed like come on guy just like do something please right but no i mean there are some really really good actions and i mean the indonesian film industry like uh the actor, uh, one the actors from The Raid and The Raid Two, I believe, are Indonesian. And mm-hmm. so I mean that's exactly
2: are... the movie I was thinking
1: of.
0: Yeah. Oh, you I like that you... movie. Yeah.
1: That movie was good as hell.
0: Very inspired by that kind of I mean, and that's the kind of action that I think a lot of I think that's the standard for a lot of these um Indonesian films, which the Indonesian film industry is like picking up momentum um within their own country and starting to export a lot of their a lot of their stuff um this movie though based on the release schedule of it the fact that it literally stumbled out of the gate and then it took them almost a year and a half to even get the movie re-released and then when it started to drop it they just like fuck it and put it out on Mm -hmm. on blu-ray like that's kind of the legacy of this movie is this and the marketing apparently was very bad like from what i've read on um on social media, what I've been able to translate off of Skylar pictures Instagram is that the marketing for this movie wasn't great. So like the whole movie felt like it kind of, it was rushed into production and then just tripped out of the gate. Like we say at the beginning of every episode fell flat on their face after the first film, this feels like a textbook definition of a movie that fell flat on its face right out
2: of the gate. And there's a kernel of a good idea. This idea of like, what if we accidentally created a superhero mm-hmm. by wanting to drum up publicity for a movie and we inadvertently create a superhero right. and it's just not written in that way and again i don't know if it's translation because it just feels like you're just going to keep go out keep going out there in fighting crime mm-hmm. and that's what she just does right. she becomes a crime fighter And it's never really discussed, like, how there's a transition. It just kind of is. But that's a really fascinating idea. And this, you get these shots of persons, like, watching her do this in this idea. And we see these in American films as well. Like, everybody gathered around their monitor or their phones or their tablet. And you're like, look at this, like, hot new thing taking off. Like, everybody, like everybody is like really into this everybody's gathered around it's like or you go all the way back to like christian slater and pump up the volume everybody is turning into like is it like dj horndog i can't remember is it harry horndog i can i haven't seen that movie in so long i just uh, hold on i'll look it up but like everybody is like tuning into that like everybody's like plugged in like this is what we're into right now there's like a kernel of like a really good idea for this but it's just like you said rushed it's not quite fleshed out enough we needed another pass at this script we needed like one more go at it in order for it to really be ironed out but it's unfortunate that's just kind of not what they're going for we have like a costume we have like a um young woman that can fill that costume that can fight we have a couple people that can like fight against her. Uh, we have like some backstory with all these comics. Happy Harry Hard on. Thank you, Stephen. Um, no problem. So that's all we really need. Who cares about the rest? Like there's just not enough thought that goes into it. And now, love them or hate them, and I'm not a huge comic book movie person um i'm not someone that's gonna go rush out to the theaters for one anymore you know honestly unless it's a batman movie and i'll go see like when james gunn's new superman movie comes out i will go right away and cross my fingers and like please give me some of that christopher reeve nostalgia like let me just please please give me a little bit of that rush i'll cross my fingers for that right other than that like i'm not rushing out for a superhero movie anymore if you are like god love you but that's your thing yeah that's cool um it's just not for me um
0: i'm I'm on record as being right where you are just kind of
2: disillusioned with the whole superhero thing these days yeah that's that's fine um that's not what this movie is but now like there are persons out there that put a lot of time and energy and effort almost too much so Like and it's kind of like come to like hurt some of these movies. Like, hey, in order to watch this movie, you need to do a lot of homework. You need to watch these three series, watch these two movies, and uh, read these five articles Mm -hmm. in order to make this movie make sense. And I don't want to invest that much of my time and energy before I go to a movie. Life is short. Yeah. Who's got time. I don't.
0: Not me. No, I'm, I am a hundred percent with you. And I I think that's part of why there it is a bad movie. It is not good. I will not say this is a, is a, is a well-made film, but the parts of it I enjoyed are the parts that kind of were the ones that were riffing on the Batman tropes from the Burton and Schumacher films from the Adam West series like, I feel like it riffs on every era of Batman at, at least once yeah. over the course of the film. And I I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed, again, just like the throwback, like you said, like the throwback nature of the thing. Like, it feels like something from the Silver or the Bronze Age of comics put on a screen in a way that is interesting. Like, there's a there's a sense of the the earnestness uh, as opposed to like the detached irony of the '90s that's kind of permeated so much of culture. I'm, I was been talking to my partner lately. Just I'm, I'm kind of done with detached irony. Like I just wanna, I wanna be able to like something. Like when did we stop liking things because we liked them? Why did we have to start enjoying things because we stopped? It's funny. Well, maybe you didn't, but I think a lot of people have. Oh.
1: Like yeah, no, fuck that. That's why I can't stand Letterboxd, because it's not reviews. It's just who can say the funniest thing about this movie. I mean, and that's annoying as shit. Because <laughs> maybe there should be a website for making funny comments about movies, but this is a website for reviewing films.
0: There used to be. It was called Twitter, and then a, a billionaire oh. bought it and tanked it. So, yeah.
2: Letterbox is not necessarily Letterbox is not necessarily a review site though. I mean, Letterbox can be a review site can also just be a way to kind of keep track of like i use it to kind of like keep track of what i'm watching and maybe put some thoughts down but it's not necessarily reviews for me Um, although there are some people i follow and i'll look at like what are their thoughts on this and for some people like it depends on the personality of that person like it doesn't to me it's like a very broad thing and if like if there are people that are more pithy and make kind of comments that I don't like I the nice thing is I don't have to follow them right you know well
1: see my problem is that the only people I do follow is Steven and Brett so basically if I go to uh Letterboxd I'm either looking at one of their reviews or I'm looking up a movie to see what people said about it yeah and most likely it's the latter Okay, So that's why I run into a lot of problems, because I'll be like, wow, this has this average rating? That's not what yeah. I would have thought. Let me look at the reviews, and they're all like, uh-huh, meme. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: I guess, I don't know, I don't know who you follow, oh, or you said you don't follow people. Just, you, you need just to follow Mike. Yeah. <laughs> follow Mike. I would, yeah, I guess I would, like, look at, so Steven's in a crime zone. <laughs>
0: I mean, I do live in Chicago. She's no, I um, in. no, I I live on a, a I live off of a, a couple of very busy streets, and it apparently all the emergencies have been happening today because sure. on any given day there's a lot of this, but there've no, been like the at least at least three fire trucks on my
2: street no. today. So, so I think I do I do agree with you that there is. A part of the culture that like everything is served up with a sense of like who can be the loudest, who can be the most obnoxious, who can make their voice heard. And sometimes it's like, and being funny is hard. Mm. I is. try to be funny. Not JK. <laughs> and sometimes I'm successful and sometimes it falls flat on its face. But like in general, like I have tried stand up comedy. And I was okay, but I would do stand-up comedy with people that were really, really, really good. And I looked at what it took for those people to be really good and knew that I didn't have it in me to put that kind of work into the craft. And I'm like, I'm not going to, because I have a lot of respect for stand-up comedy. Like, I I love stand-up comedy as an art form. I'm like, I'm not going to sully this art form because I know that I cannot put this kind of effort into it that they do. Um, I'm going to step away from it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 100%. And some people like get to be known by just being the loudest and most outraged people. Like I am going to be performatively outraged. Um, And they turn everything about whatever their cause du jour is. And it's like, how can you talk about this when this thing is going on right now? Mm. It's like, man, I'm just talking about how much I like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Didn't expect to be talking about Gaza right now. It's like right. I was just upset that my favorite flavor of Sour Patch Kids were out. It's like, like, yeah, Gaza is terrible, but I just wanted a snack. Yeah, I was you just know? trying like, to. Of course, you know, I'm upset about that.
0: I'm just trying to shout into the ether about a thing that yeah. I'm thinking about in this moment. You you don't need to respond to everything that everyone says. It's yeah. okay. And I think performative outrage is just as bad as detached irony in a yeah. lot of ways. Like it's just that kind of, because it, it does, it all kind of feels a little performative, mm-hmm. you know, it right. all kind of feels like we're putting on a show. And I feel like the people
2: sometimes shouting the loudest are the people that care the least. And we can be upset about many things at once. We don't have to necessarily Discuss them all the time. Right. Every single waking moment of the day because we will, it's not healthy. Sometimes we need a break. Yeah. We need to take care I of would,
1: ourselves. I would, uh, I, I agree with you, but I think there is an opposite to that as well. Um, I think a lot of people nowadays, especially um, men of our age, are a little too deep into escaping the real world and not dealing with the issues that are going on mm-hmm. you know what i mean i do and you, I, th- I think you kind of have to i think it, in some ways you, you kind of have to you got to find that good that, that good
2: middle ground yeah all things need a balance you're not incorrect i would not argue that you're incorrect um but i don't know that if i've ever convinced somebody to find my way of thinking by shouting at them and telling them they're terrible
1: like, right Agreed. you know what
2: i mean i don't think exactly. i've ever been convinced like hey you've just told me i'm a complete piece of shit and i'm terrible now i see where you're coming from and i it all makes it. sense now nah, no no, no
0: argument ever made on social media has convinced anyone of anything no. that's kind of what i go
2: with but yeah so um uh, so tell me more you know <laughs> um and I get mad at people. I mean, I get upset. I get sure. angry you're things. human. Yeah. So Valentine. Right.
0: Is that what we're here to talk about? Wow. No. Um, we... no, I, again, like I, is, I, I'm not going to go and say that this is like a masterpiece of, of cinematic achievement. Um, it, it is on its, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's that I went in with such low expectations for this, but I did find myself enjoying it. Like yeah. i i I was not, I, I was not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. I I was able to find things that I enjoyed. And it, do I have my problems with it? Yes. Are they many? Yes. Um. But at the end of the day, like I can still have a good time with something, even if I know it's bad. Like I will recognize, I'm the kind of person I can recognize when something is bad, but also recognize that I enjoy it. And that's how I feel about this movie. Mm -hmm. Is it a good movie? No. It Honestly, it made me want to dig into more Indonesian superhero films. Like, there are other Indonesian superhero films out there, and I kind of want to get Mm -hmm. into those. Like, there are two of them streaming on um, Tubi right now that I kind of want to get into that are a part of the same cinematic universe. And I'm like, I want to check those out. So like, I'm, I'm kind of into like, maybe this one wasn't great, but maybe there are others out there doing it
1: better. And I kind of want to see those like. That's, that's so odd. Like I said before, it's so, so strange how, how completely different we can perceive something, Stephen, because this film, um, when I was finished with it, the only thing I was interested in was ripping my heart out of my ribcage with my bare (laughs) hands and then throwing it on the floor and stomping on it until I die. Weird Al.
0: yes but I and, and again for me I was just like I there's there's enough good in this thing that I would love to see someone try and do it a little better so you know again it, it's it's not winning any <coughs> Tucker almost died um I forgot to mute my mic when I took a shot <laughs> which is a mistake <laughs> um but I you know I, I had I had a good enough time with it that I will I will be seeking out other Indonesian films uh, and probably doing some other Indonesian action films as well. Like I I kind of I kind of dig what this was was trying to do again. Was it successful? No, not particularly, but successful enough that I'm I'm I, I like I told you over text, Tucker, baffled and intrigued in equal measure is kind of where I found myself at the end of this movie.
1: And let me let me reassure the the listeners, I'm sure most of them know this, but as much as I disagree with Steven and think that this movie was a masterpiece of shit, um <clears throat> I'm still am like I am really, really glad that you liked it, Steven. I'm glad that it sparked this interest for you to like explore some shit because that's rad. I love going down rabbit holes like that. And I fucking love that for you, dude. Just wanted to let you know. Thank Solid. you. Solid.
0: Solid as a rock. But yeah, no, like I, and if Skyler Pictures has announced a Volt movie based on their flagship character, I, at this, they announced it in 2019 uh, and nothing has happened with it yet. Um, The co-creator of the character, Marcelino LaFront, who plays Volt in this movie is also set to play him in the Volt movie, whenever that comes out, but there has up to to this point been absolutely zero mention of a Valentine sequel. And at this point, it feels very unlikely that there ever will be. Uh, again, it's been, this came out in 2017 or in 2017 initially. And then two years later came out in America. Uh, so it's been since 2019, it feels very unlikely that we're ever going to get that sequel. Yeah. Particularly, given this company's long production history, if we do get it, this podcast will be dead in the water. I'm sure by then um because they oh, announced they announced the Volt movie as early as twenty thirteen they've been trying to make that, so like it's been and they and that it's been ten years, and they still haven't started filming on that as far as I know so ten it's years. it's been a while there there's also apparently there's been a trailer on YouTube for two years. For a TV series starring uh, Donnie Alamsaya from The Raid as uh, a, another character called Sakti, that is still listed on Stro TV as upcoming. So, mm. no release date in sight. God only knows when that thing's going to be out, if it will be out at all. Like this, Skylar Pictures does not seem particularly interested in releasing content, just
2: announcing content. So,
1: hey, did either of you see the sequel to The Raid? Is it any good?
2: I haven't seen the second one. I want to. I but. heard it up. I heard it's. I have not watched it, but I've heard it's incredible.
0: You should ask right. friend of the show Samuel Dumas. I know Sammy's you know probably seen it
2: and loves it. Yeah,
0: he'll he'll give you an honest he'll give you an honest answer. He he loves all that stuff. East Asian horror is or East Asian action is kind of his thing. So that tracks, Yeah. Any final thoughts on Valentine before we move into the final section of our program? It stinks. Thank you, Jay Sherman. (laughs) Mike, any final thoughts?
2: Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I anticipated. Um, Didn't have super high expectations going in for it. Said it's not the most particularly well-made movie. There's a lot of flaws in it. I think it gets, I think the lead has a fair amount of like fun charisma to her. And as, and I think she has some real action chops.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that the movie can skate by based on that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm in, definitely inclined to agree with you on that point. I, mm-hmm. I had a fun time and I think Estelle Linden is a big part of the reason why I enjoyed it to the extent that I did. I thought she was doing great work. She does a lot of work with uh, Skylar pictures So, um, there's a lot more of her work out there. I don't know how much of it is in English though, but I would not mind watching more of her work. I thought she did a great job. Uh, this movie, uh, so there are like several release dates to contend with on this was released in Indonesia. Like we said, initially on November 23rd, 2017, and then re-released in, Uh, Indonesia in April of 2019 April 19th of 2019 and then in May on May 14th of 2019 was released on Blu-ray and DVD by Shout Factory Uh, you can actually still buy that Blu-ray and DVD if you wish uh, on Shout Factory's website they still have it available um, the US version of that film I'm going to go with the second theatrical release which is April 19th 2019 And this is a top five that we have done before uh, because it is the week. Number one opening this week is The Curse of La Llorona, which is a movie that we definitely covered on this podcast. I don't know if anyone remembers that movie or that we covered it, but it existed and we covered it. So, yeah, Curse of La Llorona opened at number one. In number two, another superhero movie, Shazam. Um, What did we think about Shazam? I like Shazam. like the first
2: one.
1: The I first seen, one was fine, was fine enough. Yeah. Haven't even hate the it. second one,
2: honestly. Just have n- never seen a guy kick himself in the dick so much with negative PR. Yeah. Yeah. I that that's
0: that definitely the impression that I got after that one. Oof. Um, in third place, a movie called Breakthrough that I have never heard of before. Um, in fourth place, a little movie called Captain Marvel. Am I am I saying that right? Um, after seven weeks, that's I earned over that four hundred million at the box mm-hmm. office. I thought that one was pretty fun too. I still haven't seen the sequel. I'm gonna wait till that one drops on Disney Plus. Has it dropped on Disney Plus already? Have I just not watched it? On the it? seventh. Okay, so soon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then in fifth place, Little, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is a Tyler Perry film. Uh, What's it called? little it is not a tyler perry film it is tina gordon is it, is it the prequel to big possibly it, it is not uh it's got regina it, it's got regina hall and Issa oh, ray and i i like all like, of those people i like all both, both. Of those actresses very much tracy ellis ross in it also i saw american fiction uh a couple days ago and mm-hmm. um isa ray and tracy ellis ross are doing Great work in that movie. I yeah, really enjoyed that film. Um, uh, rounding out the top 10, you've got the Tim Burton Dumbo, the remake of Pet Cemetery, Jordan right. Peele's Us, the Leica film Missing Link, and future episode of this podcast Hellboy.
1: The oh, remake. the one with one. Stranger Things guy. Yeah, David Harbour. That's his name.
0: Yeah. Uh, This film has absolutely no domestic box office to speak of. I absolutely could not find anything on the Indonesian box office either. And I looked, I can't find anything about the budget. Like the finances for this movie are a mystery. If someone had told me that this was like a tax shelter, I would believe it. Um, But I will, I can say that it made $193,000 in domestic home video sales uh, and another two hundred and twenty-six thousand in domestic Blu-ray sales for a total estimated domestic video sales of four hundred and nineteen point five thousand
1: dollars. If I had to speculate, to me this looks like a seven million dollar movie. Okay. I, I buy that actually. One of my hidden talents.
0: Um, this movie has no tomatometer score. Uh, it has no Metascore, so nothing on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. Uh, it does, however, have a Letterboxd score. And the Letterboxd score for this movie too generous. is 2.8. Mike, as our guest, how do you how dare they. rate 2017's Valentine, colon, The Dark Avenger?
2: I would sandwich it in between... Last Temptation of Christ and Goodfellas.
1: <laughs> so you wait. So you're saying you like Goodfellas better than Last Temptation? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. surprising. Okay, all right. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Last Temptation better, but then I'm, I'm when it you're comes one to of Scorsese, the I I I like Scorsese when he's more out of his
2: when he's killing comfort Jesus.
1: zone, like stuff like Bringing Out the Dead, Cape Fear, Last Temptation. No. All of his other movies are great, but you can tell he's super, super comfy. Cape Fear is like, very so comfortable. Easy.
2: No, Cape oh, Fear God. is very comfortable.
1: Cape Fear, he's jumping right outside of every box he's ever no, been no, in his no, entire no. career,
2: dude. He you kidding no, me? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Cape Fear, is super comfortable. Are you kidding me? The No, thing about no Cape you're Fear kidding is how me, dude. <laughs> he's effortless. He's effortlessly making like a Hitchcock movie in, in Cape Fear. It's he's so out. Effort. He's out. De diploma Palma with Cape yeah, Fear for sure. Totally. Uh, I
1: mean, that's that's
2: that's true. the thing. The yeah. thing about Cape Fear is like Cape Fear would be like someone else's like benchmark movie. Yeah. It would be like anybody else's like career high, and he makes it. He just makes it like that. Shutter Island. He makes it look so effortless. It's almost embarrassing. For Uncle Marty, that's a that Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think I think maybe maybe I misspoke. I think I think there are some films in his filmography. That kind of stand out as very, very different than the rest of it. Yeah, it's
2: not and what last, he normally things does. Things like Last
1: Temptation, uh Cape Fear, like I said, it's very even the way it's shot, the what pacing he, of it, like it's so
2: different than he, the rest he of it. He turned movie. down Schindler's list to do Cape Fear. Yes. If I recall. It's like, you know, um, yeah, I'll do which um probably the right call because I don't <laughs> think he uh, who am I to I think that like I mean Schindler's Scorsese miss he
1: would have yeah. nailed it, but would yeah. it have meant as much as it did? Exactly. Come, as com, exactly. as it did coming from Spielberg. It's um, not, probably not I mean,
0: and that's something they weren't. That's a discussion they weren't having in the '90s. But that's not really his story to tell. Yeah. Um. So I think well, Spielberg might
1: have. You know. those two guys that probably was part of the discussion honestly yeah. there and i feel like those two guys swap films
0: all the time like those yeah. guys are two two people that are like very good friends and constantly talking and are like i don't want to do this i'm working on this and spielberg's like i'd really like to do this but i'm developing this and like you want to you want to swap spielberg also feels like one of those guys who's got like 10 movies in the hopper at yeah. any given moment
2: and he had song. 10 movies in the Hooper and he would kick Hooper off a Poltergeist set. Direct <laughs> Poltergeist. And now you're going to have the Poltergeist guy come on your show and get very mad at you. Because <laughs> every time you suggest that Toby Hooper didn't direct Poltergeist, there's a dude who runs like the Poltergeist social media account gets very angry. And he comes up out of nowhere and he gets I, really I think you and I actually had this conversation
0: on one of the Texas Chainsaw episodes. I think it was yeah, Texas Chainsaw 2. It's like, you dude, and I no had this And you were like, no, that was Spielberg. And I was like, I, I disagree. And we were just... We, because it's a lot of friends, Spielberg.
2: Watch the, of end of, that, but. watch the end of Poltergeist. And you tell me if that's not... I mean, dude, dude. Guy rips off his face a la Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's so much Spielberg and... Okay, Toby Hooper directed Poltergeist with Steven Spielberg standing over his shoulder, giving him a lot of instruction. And I, I, will, because I, I Spielberg will concede was that. I, I, but I think,
0: again, I think they had the kind of relationship where Hooper was open. Yeah. I think Hooper was open to his suggestion because he knew Absolutely. how
2: successful Spielberg was. Absolutely.
0: Right? And so two. he was willing to, maybe to a fault, implement a lot of yeah. his suggestions so in a way anyway, that someone like Joe Dante probably wouldn't.
2: Of well, course. Well, to hear
1: them course. tell it, it was more of a collaboration. It wasn't of like. Right. Yeah.
2: Anyway, two stars on Valentine. Two stars on Valentine. and Two stars. Yeah. And
0: I think that's fair, given given your criticisms of the movie and what you Thanks. enjoyed about it. I think that's
1: absolutely fair. Tucker, which what about means,
2: you? Which means Last Temptation of Christ is one and a half stars, apparently.
1: Fucking hell! You're killing <laughs> me, man. Kidding. I'm kidding. Elevate now. I'm kidding.
2: I love Last
0: Temptation of Christ. No, it, Last Temptation's amazing. We we did a Patreon episode on that
2: one a while back. So I don't We're... think that was going to be a franchise. You can only kill Jesus once. No, that was you an Oops All kill Christianity in a Corner franchise episode. of movies. No, that was
0: that was for our Patreon only Oops okay. All Christianity Corner, where I go off on Christian shit, and Tucker and Brett ask me questions about it. It's, it's fun, nine. Tucker. what did you and it's give fun. Valentine? Need I even ask?
1: Well, I do not believe in Valentine the Dark Avenger, but Pans down to Hatchet. I do believe in this no stars wow, uh whereas i
0: uh, I'm with you, Mike. I gave it. I gave it two stars myself, so yeah, uh yeah, I think it's 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 a two star film, and um. I Yeah, I, I liked it. I had a good time with it. Uh, is it good? No, but it it kind of makes me want to dig deeper. So I'm, I'm excited for that prospect, for sure. Also what my wife
2: says to me when I'm giving her the best 38 Giving her seconds. the business? <laughs> Was best it good? No. Of- <laughs> Does it make me want to dig deeper? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God, Mike.
0: Wife happy valentine's day we look no i mean the first i think the one of the first things you ever said when you came on the show and i bring this up a lot uh because it it stuck with me and i find it absolutely hilarious i asked you if you had any plans for valentine's day do you remember your response mike butt stuff <laughs> you were basically like i don't know anal. Yeah. and uh i just that that stands as like a top five mike snoonian memory for yep. me uh, and we've 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 been on a lot of podcasts together since then. We have that, we really that have. remains up there. So, um, Mike, God, I love you. I love having you on. You're such a joy. I always. I love your insights, man. Anytime I get yeah. to talk with you is a good time. Um, tell us. Tell, I, tell 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 the people, man. Pod and Pendulum. What's going on? What else have you got in the hopper? Like, let us know, man. So the
2: part of the pendulum, if you haven't listened, uh, we are a show that covers horror movie franchises, and the goal with our show, like when we cover a franchise, we do one movie, start to finish, and then just go along till we finish a franchise. So if there's ten movies in a series, you'll get ten episodes, sometimes more if it's like a one of the tent pole movies, you know, something very totemic, yeah, like we like did, Frankenstein, we did a couple on Frankenstein, a couple on Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> And the goal with it is like by the time we're done a series is that you can put that series to bed and say, if I never listen to another episode on this movie, I've gotten everything I need out of it. Um, And I think with the crew that we have right now, with Steven being part of that crew, with Rachel, with Ariel, with Devon, with Brian, with Jessica, with Nicole, I don't believe I'm missing anybody. There's I've met some of, those eight of us now. Yeah. We've I had
0: several, it. several of them on as guests actually. Yeah.
2: Everybody brings a really unique voice to the show. Everybody has their strengths. I do the show. It's an amazing crew of people to talk to with every week. And over the past five years, I am so proud of what this show has become. We've had like 225 or so episodes in the can. And I don't say this slightly. We're a little indie show that has kind of grown and grown and grown. We're not the biggest show in the world, but we've got a nice following. I would put our show against any of the big ones that are on networks and have like marketing and larger sites behind them that, you know, can fo- to have people that can focus on those things for them. Um, I will put what we do against any of those shows um because i think we have the best damn horror podcast in the goddamn world when it comes to covering things from start to finish and it's due to agreeing. the crew we have um and i don't say that lightly and i usually would not say something like that i think when we cover something we cover it really really well so the Pot on the pendulum is my little baby so i would encourage folks especially the frankenstein series go and listen to it go and listen to our saw series we really i i feel like we've really really nailed it um so yeah Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And then later this year, we've kind of had a soft announcement of it. Um, Rach, uh, sorry, Rebecca McCallum. I almost said the wrong name. So please edit this. So later this year, uh, Rebecca McCallum, who uh, is, does Talking Hitchcock, and I would say is one of the foremost... Alfred Hitchcock scholars out there. She's asked me to take part in this project called, it's funny you mentioned Toby Hooper, uh, called Off the Hook, which is going to be a two-year project where we dissect the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 74 seconds at a time. So we're going to be watching 74 seconds of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dissecting just that part of the movie each episode. And we are going to be, I think, the def. Why are we doing it that way? Because we're fucking crazy. Um, and because the movie came out in 1974. And because it came out in 1974. So you've and already. Because everything's movie. been
1: done. So we're getting desperate, guys.
2: And <laughs> she is one of the most intelligent women I know. Like, to the point where her intelligence frightens me. Uh, trying to keep up with her is a little bit intimidating, and I don't get intimidated often. Um, so it is a real challenge. Uh, We've recorded a few episodes. We'll be posting them later this year. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, But I'm really excited because it's a much different challenge to try to find something to talk about for like an hour at a time about like this short of a movie. I'm sorry, this short of a section of a movie. But it's also like really, really cool. So I'm pretty excited. I'm excited to hear that one. I, 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 Having been on a
0: couple of the Texas Chainsaw episodes of Pod and the Pendulum, I know your affection and affinity, particularly for that first movie. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear you guys dig into that for sure. And I'm, I'm honestly, Mike, I Pod and the Pendulum, I've told you before is one of my, is before I was even on it, my favorite horror podcast because of the the depth. I feel like every time you come on, I have to like, just, sing your praises because you are you're such a mensch you're if we have any following at all it's because of you uh and because of the exposure that i i mean i would say i i would say probably 75 percent of our listener base probably comes over from Pod and the pendulum um but like you uh just you you know you took a chance on a guy you'd never met before and said yeah come on our show and then when i said hey you want to come on mine you're like yeah absolutely why not Mm -hmm um and you've consistently said yes and you know to the point where you just like let me on your show whenever i want to talk about whatever i want yeah. like you know it's 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 an, and it's an honor to be a part of like that yeah. level of esteemed company yeah. uh every time like it just you've you've put together quite a crew you're you're such an incredible guy and i if if people are not That's listening awesome. to your podcast they are crazy cuz again well, that i probably appreciate I agree with you because I think Pot and the Pendulum is my favorite horror podcast, and it's one that I I love going back to consistently. So
2: well, I really like listening to this show. I've really like this is one that's in my rotation that I get to listen to. I really enjoy. And I'll mention, like, hey, I really like the Flash episode. Yeah. Um, I don't get where Tucker is coming from on the original Black Christmas, because that movie is a masterpiece. Me either. Like I was like getting angry at my like get at you and Brett like listening to the show. But that's a good show when you can like listen to it in one them.
1: Well, and and if I can mention for anybody who's not listened to that episode, Brett and I also after discussing it, we we swear to rewatch it because we are convinced that we just need to watch it again. No. Because like the more, if you remember, the more we talk about it, we're like, how did we not like this? Is yeah. an amazing movie. How did we not like this? We've got to yeah, watch like this
2: again. Margot Kidder. Like that was mid-1970s. our Margot Kidder is like the oh. quintessential, yeah, dude. woman of the seventies. Olivia um, C. in that movie. Like, it... so you guys have okay. built a well, following because like you consistently put on like a great show every week, and you've like built that over time. And I love that. But like, I get to work with really good people every week, and I really enjoy it, and it's fun, and that's yeah. why. Do a show. I and
1: get to work so, okay, with a couple I'm, I'm, of assholes.
2: Yeah, you really do. <laughs> Must be hard for
0: you. It's difficult, but somehow I pull through. I mean, the thing he's not telling you is that we put up with him too. So yeah, it's true. Uh,
1: yeah, they put up with me editing and distributing. <laughs> so and when you're care done, the music. Ah, oh, so much to put up with. To <laughs> so just
2: go yell at the two year old after and be like, "What's wrong with you?"
1: No, <laughs> Yo, dude, we're best friends. What are you talking about? That's my, that's my does he write right rap there.
2: songs about juice?
1: We're working on it, man. I'm getting him there. Absolutely.
0: I was going to say, Tucker's going to lay down those tracks when he does. When he's ready for it, okay. Tucker will put those down for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um.
0: I will also tell listeners that um, if you like hearing the sound of my voice, uh, definitely check out some of those Frankenstein episodes. I'm on two as of the, uh, the I think the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman episode uh, will have just come out earlier this week as of the release of this episode. And then I was also on the Bride of Frankenstein episode. And at present, I am planning to be on the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein episode as well uh, to talk about that fun, fun movie that I love. So definitely check out that series. And of course, the research that Brian and Mike are bringing to the table week after week on that is impeccable. I've been watching along with them and just discovering new things about that franchise that I never knew. So definitely, definitely worth your time to check out. I encourage all of our listeners to do it.
2: So did you know the Frankenstein's monster isn't actually called Frankenstein? That's the kind of research (laughs) we would get. Wait,
1: wait, may I, may I offer a counterpoint? No. So this monster that Dr. Frankenstein has created, um, it's, it's a new life, right? Like it's cobbled together from different parts and everything. And it's a new life that he's creating. Right. So, So technically, like, maybe the monster is his son, or at least kind of his offspring, his creation. So maybe this monster is Frankenstein. Does he have a first name? Maybe not, but, like, he's still technically a Frankenstein. He's a motherfucking Frankenstein.
2: So this is where I differ. Is it really a new life? Because he's not creating a brain from scratch.
1: He's actually taking
2: someone else's brain. And that brain has all of if, if the does memories it, are where it? the brain lives, it does. The brain is where yeah, our but memories. Yeah, I, I would, I,
1: I, feel like, look, I don't know this because I'm not a doctor nor am I a brain scientist.
2: Um, do but the, do the memories get wiped out when we, as
1: pass, someone who saying? doesn't believe in the soul, we're speaking of this very medically and scientifically, right? Um, when you die, once the electricity stops moving through your brain, once that life force leaves, like, is that stuff. In there, does it even really exist in the first place, or is it like a byproduct of this organ that's in your head? Mm-hmm. And once you die, it stops producing or retaining that,
2: like, right? Whatever it is. Well, that's like one of the ethical just, questions that, like,
1: you draw on the thing and you, and then it's there you go. Sorry, it's, go
2: ahead, it's one of the ethical questions that Ghost of Frankenstein touches on. And then runs far away from. I was going to say not enough in my. in my Oh, opinion, that's too yeah. bad. Right. Where they, at one point, like the evil doctor is like, you can't dissect and kill this creature. Like it's a living creature. It has a life of its own. To kill it would be murder. And then it's never addressed again. You know, but it's like actually kind of fascinating. Like, no, like this is a like whether or not. You know, whether or not. We created this quote-unquote monster. We it it is a living creature, and we bear it some responsibility. You can't just kill it. Like, well, I'm sure they, they. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. That that's kind of this. That's kind of as far as I wanted to take that thought.
1: Well, I was gonna say um, they probably go into that in somewhat the existential uh, crisis of it all in Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. You guys are covering that too with the rest. of
2: No, it. we're just doing I, Universal.
1: Fuck. Nobody wants to touch that one. Somebody do no. a podcast on Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Put it come as a on. straight up, dude. Put it as a straight up. We'll come cover on. It on this podcast. You bunch of chickens. I mean, you
2: could do it here.
1: What, here right now? All right, let's talk you about can, it. Can, so, guys, it. Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. You guys seen this? You heard about this? You seen this? I have not seen it. Nor I. It's pretty far out there. Episode over. <laughs> Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. I was
0: going to say, Mike. Mike is a therapist too, so I'm going to defer to him on on brain stuff. So,
2: that, that, well, that guy. I,
1: yeah, I, guy I what
2: he's talking about. I don't know.
1: I did not I have know. that context. I apologize. No.
2: That's that's where I, I. Well, once you die, I have no idea what happens inside of your brain. I mean, that is. I don't know. You zap it with electricity. Does that wake your? I I think like that's what I wrestle with when I watch Frankenstein. Like, is it your own? Are you really creating new life from scratch? Because you have all these like stitched together parts. So that is, or are you just kind of like recreating an old life again. That's one of well, the fascinating for... things.
1: I think um in the context of. Uh, horror film tropes as well. The fact that you are also introducing parts from other beings, right. even though that's not something I believe in in real life, in in horror films, like that might influence it too. Like you know, you see the movies where it's like he got the hand of a killer, so now he's straight up killing people because he got a mm-hmm. hand transplant. Idle hands, yeah. Like so, you kind of have to. Yeah. That didn't happen in that movie, Steven That's why you need to see it so you don't sound dumb on a podcast.
0: Dude, I That's have <laughs> a podcast. I always sound dumb on a podcast. What are you talking about? That's you what I do, that
1: movie though, Stephen.
0: Anyway, Mike, where can anyway. the people find you and the Pod and the Pendulum
2: on the social medias? Uh, you can find me at. I uh, can find the Pod and the Pendulum at podandthependulum.com You can find us at Pod and Pendulum on Twitter, Pod and the Pendulum on Instagram. You can find me at Letterboxed at Mike Chump Change. Right on. Where I don't usually make pithy comments on movies. If I review a movie, well then, me... I do it straight up. I every now and then make funny comments though. Yeah, I mean, you do, you know. and but they're good funny comments. I was going to say they're yeah. actually funny,
1: warranted probably too. Yeah. What was the what was your uh, handle on the Letterboxd? Mike
0: Jump Change? All one word. Yeah, I was going to say it's the same as his uh, handle oh, at the uh, caster um, meeting now.
2: Oh, sweet.
0: And we are the Disenfranchised Podcast. Um, You can follow us on uh, the socials of your choice at pod. We're on, I think, Active on Blue Sky, Letterboxd, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube right now. Uh, Find us in all those places. Wherever you get your podcast, please leave us a nice five-star rating and review, particularly if you are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The algorithm likes that and will uh, disperse us to more ears similar to your own. Uh, And we do truly, truly appreciate that. Uh, You can also head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod, where you can find just so many podcasts that we've recorded, including the aforementioned episode of Upsal Christianity Corner on Martin Scorsese's um, uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, You can also find our most recent episode of Unenfranchised on one of Tucker's darlings, The Rage, colon, Carrie Two. Already a patron
1: favorite. Already a patron favorite. People comment and liking this motherfucker like it's like it's the new dance, like it's the <laughs> twist. Stephen,
0: sure, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> one person comments and it's it's the whole world. So yeah, that that works. Uh,
1: but the comment was so positive and so validating, Stephen. <laughs> I I know. I definitely understand. It was it was so it validating. Was quite the,
0: com- it filled quite the comment filled
1: my heart like. I was good as
0: I, I read that comment. And I was like, "Well, there's no, there's gonna be no living with him after this," is what I thought. Yay. Um <laughs> uh, carry
1: two is valid.
0: It's something. Um, and yeah, it. so uh, that's where you can find us and all of our things. Shoot us an email, disenfranchisedpod at gmail If there is a failed franchise starter you would like to see us cover coming up uh, later this month, we've actually got a listener request coming through, and then we've got another one popping in next month as well mainly because we didn't do any last year. So we're doing a couple of them right out of the gate this year. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Blue Sky uh, Letterboxed at Chewy Walrus. Tucker, where can we find you on socials these days?
1: Oh, hi, it's me, Tucker. And you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Ice909. That's I-C-E-N-I-N-E, the number zero and the number nine. Also on Instagram is the world-famous Tuck Mugs page. That's Tuck underscore mugs. Uh, you know what? We've been pumping out content lately, like more consistently really than we have been pretty much since the beginning of yeah. the project. Correct. Okay, we've had three guest mugs in a row, and mm-hmm. today, today time of recording, which is Friday, February 2nd, uh, we dropped a brand-new standard-ass Tukey post. Uh, because I got a new mug. You guys are the first one of
0: 2024,
1: I think. So go to, go to Instagram, look up tuck underscore mugs, follow that motherfucker and check out my mugs and the mugs of my friends.
0: And if you want to submit a guest mug, just shoot that mug with a description of the mug where you got it and what you have in it to disenfranchepod at gmail.com and it'll be put into consideration.
1: Now, some uh, some guest mugs uh, have come unsolicited through messaging on Instagram. And I'm all for that, too, Stephen. So if you're on Instagram and you want to just shoot us a message with your submission, like I can't imagine we'd ever like like decline a submission. I feel like I just put a challenge out there. I was
0: going to say that falls into your purview, not mine. Can't believe
1: I've done this. Well, no, actually, I don't. I don't actually run the page, Stephen. I'm just, I just curate the content, man. I got but a that's social what media I mean. as, manager, as, you know. As
0: curator, that falls under your purview, though. Oh, shit, you're right.
1: Well, yeah, just text me if anybody puts anything really gross on there or something. I always do. Spoilers, Steven's my social media manager.
0: Hi, hello. I'm the staff that he goes on and on about from week to week. It's Yay. me. It's just me. <laughs>
1: I just thought of so many dirty jokes that I just can't pick one right now. Steven, that's, you've really, wow. Yeah. Well done. I'm done now. You've, wow.
0: And uh, if you miss Brett Wright, uh, then check out him on, we uh, constantly check him out on Instagram and Letterboxed at sus underscore warlock or on blue sky at sus warlock, no underscore. Uh, And just, you know, just tell him how much you miss hearing him on the podcast from week to week. Um, and that is all we have to say finally about 2017's Valentine. Mike Snoonian, thank you once again so much for coming on. Thank you. Always, always love having you on. Let's get you on for a non Valentine's episode. Okay. Just what whatever I'll, I'll And let a you know. non
1: horror too. We'll find yeah. something that's non horror so you can kind of relax in the hot tub with your boys, you know.
0: And I have you a tentative a idea fun. for next Valentine's Day as well that I will run by you when we're done recording.
1: Ooh, sounds good that's exciting
0: so I'm gonna throw that at you here in a second um Mike again it's always a pleasure check out all his stuff he is the best um always and until next on. time I am your host Stephen Foxworthy this has been the disenfranchised podcast for the absent Brett Wright the present Tucker and the very special guest Mr Mike Nunian. until next time uh, I'm about to roundhouse kick this motherfucker in the face <laughs> like she do in the movie